name is Tyler, and welcome to another episode of Context for Kids, where I teach you guys stuff most adults don't even know. If this is your first time hearing, or if you've missed anything, you can find all the episodes archived at contextforkids.podbean.com, which has them downloadable, or at contextforkids.com, where I have transcripts for readers, or on my Context for Kids YouTube channel. Parents, all scripture this week comes from the Christian Standard Bible the CSB. Now, being a kid is super confusing, right? I mean, it always has been, but it seems like you guys all decided to be born at a time when we have so much information and so many choices and so many people pushing you and prodding you to do things their way. And it can seem like no matter what you do, someone or a lot of someone's are going to be telling you That it's wrong, and so that's why we're going to have a serious talk today about the only two people who get to decide who you are going to be and what you're going to do with your life and what all that should look like. And those two people are you and God, who isn't actually a person, but let's not get sidetracked. When God made you, he had a specific plan, and he still does. No one else's opinions can change what he wants for you. God has only made one of you even if you're an identical twin, and he will never make another of you. You are the only you he will ever, ever make. That means that his plans for your life, you know, what you'll be good at, who will you know and and who you meet and how you'll think about things are different than his plans for anyone else in the world. Now, we'll get back to his plans later because they're important, but they also aren't your job to figure out. You know, I was in my 40s, you know, really old lady before God showed me what he'd created me for. But he didn't want me to know before I was ready. And the same is true for you. We are all on a need-to-know basis, and God usually doesn't think that we need to know much of anything. Bummer. And, And right now, you know, you don't need to know what God's plans are because he really will steer you in the way he wants you to go and He will work with you to get you ready for what he wants because he doesn't want you to fail. You won't even really need to think about it. When he needs to do something, he will take care of it and tell you what you need to do. You know, maybe you were born for something you will do only on one day of your life where, you know, you need to do something that won't even seem very important to you, but will be very important to God and a whole lot of other people. And maybe you think you're just too much of a screw-up, you know, that you'll mess up God's plans, but don't worry, grown-ups think the same thing, too, about themselves. But when God wants you to do a job, he isn't teaching you to fail at it. He wants that job done, and he can really make you into exactly the person who can do it right. So I don't want you stressing out because, you know, God works quietly. And a lot of times we don't even notice because we're too busy thinking that we're just awful or losers or hopeless. But we aren't. You aren't. It took me so many years to understand and accept that, so there's nothing wrong with you if you just find it impossible to believe right now. Now, what does concern you right now is probably everyone else's expectations, and expectations is a really long word, but it means, you know, what people expect from you. 
how they want you to act, what they want you to do, what you should be interested in, etc., etc. Maybe your grandma wants you to be a doctor because she was a doctor. That's an expectation. If your uncle wants you to be a musician because he was a musician, that's an expectation. If the coach wants you to be on the wrestling team, that's an expectation. If your parents want you to get straight A's in school, that's an expectation. If your cousin wants you to like riding on dirt bikes because that's, you know, their hobby, that's an expectation. If your best friend wants you to be on the cheer team because they are, you guessed it, that's an expectation. And there's a big difference between them hoping that you might do these things because we always like it when the people we love do the same things we do and pushing them on you instead. Just because they like something or are good at something doesn't mean that you will be. It also doesn't mean that you need to be good at it or like it. And how terrible would it be if we all had to be good at or like the exact same things? And there are a ton of things that just would never get done. Things that are really important. Things that make our lives better. But God, he's wiser than all us adults and our expectations because he made you to be unique. You have gifts that other people don't have. You are smart in ways that other people aren't. There has never been anyone like you, and there will never be ever again. And I'm so glad that you were born. The rest of us need you to be exactly who God created you to be. And I'm counting on you to learn to trust him to know what he's doing, even if you can't right now. I mean, that's totally okay, because God helps us grow to know, understand, and trust him better. He doesn't expect us to do it ourselves. I mean, how could we? God made you with talents, and he also made you with things that you're not talented at. Maybe you're good at singing, but not at painting. Maybe you get straight A's in school, but you're terrible at sports. Maybe you're good at science, but you have two left feet and can't dance. Maybe you're a terrific writer, but you're so anxious and shy that you can't stand to be around people. Maybe you're a great cook, but you kill your houseplants. Maybe you can do all your own home repairs, but you can't figure out how to build things. Or maybe you're the opposite of all those things. Or a mismatch. If you are all those things, then you're actually like me. And maybe some of those things surprise you about me. I do all my own yard work, and I do all my own home improvements. I mow the lawn, and I cut back the trees, and I move the heavy rocks in my wheelbarrow. I can replace a toilet, put in tile floors, fix the plumbing, shingle a roof, paint a house from floor to ceiling, change out light fixtures, and tape and texture drywall. And I'm also a singer and a writer, and I teach adults and kids about the Bible. I have a college degree in chemistry, which means that I'm also good at math and physics. And I used to be an aerospace researcher, and I worked on making fighter jets harder to see and airplanes safer, but I can't read music or learn new languages. I, draw, I jog on the treadmill and ride the stationary bike and hike with my husband in the national parks near our house, but I was awful at sports. Just horrible. And the last time I danced with someone, they accidentally hit me in the face because I moved in the wrong direction. And that takes skill, let me tell you. And a lot of you might say, Miss Tyler, why do you do all the yard work and the home improvements? That's the job for your husband. 
I do those jobs because I'm the kind of person who likes to learn and do new things and be in charge of the project. If I want something done, I'm prepared to do it myself unless it's too heavy for me to do alone. And sometimes I even do it then. I'm bad. So doing those jobs isn't man's work. It's the work of whoever wants to do them or has learned how to do them. I just put on my work clothes and get out my power tools and maybe watch internet videos or buy a book and get to work, which is why I'm covered with mud right now, actually. Long story. Now, so sometimes I'm up on very tall ladders and sometimes I'm under the sink and sometimes I'm cutting down dead trees or burning brush. God made me to be a very self-sufficient person, which means if I see something that needs doing, I do it if I can. And when I was younger, some people told me that science and math weren't for me because I was a girl. But I just ignored them because I was really good at it. And more than that, I enjoyed it. I was good at it, enjoyed it, because that's how God designed my brain. He did it on purpose so that I would be exactly who I am. And I love to cook in my kitchen, but I'm also really good at barbecuing things. And you have not lived until you have eaten my 14-hour smoked Texas-style brisket. But you know what? My husband's a good cook, too. He's a really good cook. And he does the best barbecue I've ever had. But he isn't allowed to do a brisket because what he does with it is a dishonor to the cow. In fact, my husband taught me to cook when we were first dating and after we got married. Cooking is a job for anyone who wants to eat. God doesn't make us all to be the same kinds of people, and he doesn't make certain jobs that are just for men and other jobs that are just for women, except having babies, obviously, and the Bible does describe men as being able to pee against walls, but that's not really a job. That'd be a weird job. Now, I wish I could do that, actually. Let me tell you. But even the Bible doesn't say anything about what it means to be a girl or a boy. We see all kinds of boys in the Bible and all kinds of girls and all kinds of women and all kinds of men. So no one can look at a little baby and know what on earth they're going to be like or good at or enjoy doing. And definitely no one looks at a baby and knows exactly what God wants them to be or how that will happen. Even Mary had no idea what was going to happen with Jesus other than the fact that he would save his people. And that could mean a lot of things. One of the things we tend to do, and this happens to everyone, is to look at people and judge them according to stereotypes. Another huge word. I know. I'm being awful this week. A stereotype is what happens when people make assumptions about someone else because of how they look or dress or where they're from or whatever. If someone were to say something silly like, all boys love sports and getting dirty and fishing and playing with frogs and snakes and they hate to sit inside and read, well, that'd be a stereotype because not all boys like that sort of thing. And if those were the only types of boys there were out there, then the world would get really boring. How about, all girls love to have tea parties and wear lacy dresses and play with dolls and they hate to go hunting. Well, That'd be just as ridiculous. You can't just look at a boy or a girl or a woman or a, and a man or, and decide what it is they like and don't like without knowing them personally. And when we know people personally, they will always surprise us. I never mind being dirty, but my husband really wants to be clean as much as possible. He even showers when we go camping. I don't, so he has to deal with the way I smell. 
Anyway, um, people have other stereotypes about people from different countries or even different parts of the same country or about people with different accents. And did you know what the Apostle Paul said in Titus chapter 1, verses 12 through 13? He says, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Whoa, dude, Paul, you can't say that. Just imagine if we suppose that everyone from the island of Crete since the beginning of time until now is a liar and evil and lazy and a glutton. You know, Paul was quoting something from a philosopher named Epimenides because he was frustrated with what was going on with the church in Crete. But we can't assume that what he said is true about everyone or even most people. Stereotypes are like that. And they're often used to hurt people. Stereotypes are where we get most of our prejudice from and racism. Not so long ago in the country where I live, there were some scientists who decided that women were more likely to drown than men because they weren't as evolved or smart or as human as men. Of course, you know that we see that as pretty funny because every man who has ever been born came from a woman, right? So if she's not quite human, then he not, he not either. <laughs> and... You know, at the same time, someone did experiments that weren't even experiments at all, but they said that certain types of people are naturally inferior to others, um, which means not as good. But they tested people who were very educated versus people who didn't have the chance to get educated at all. Sometimes people want to prove something so bad that they are dishonest. It means they lie about, you know, how they do it. And so for many years, people believed that being white made you naturally better and that being a man made you smarter than anyone who wasn't a man. Okay. Nowadays, we know that that's a silly thing to believe, especially since that we know, you know, Jesus wasn't white. He was brown for crying out loud. So how do stereotypes and expectations hurt kids? And they hurt adults too, you know, actually. Let's talk about the words masculine and feminine for a minute. I want you to know, first of all, that the Bible doesn't say anything about this sort of thing. It doesn't say anything about what you have to be like or do in order to be masculine or feminine. Masculine can mean two things, and they're extremely different. The first meaning is that just that someone is a man and not a woman or a boy and not a girl. And that's all about, you know... Being able to have babies and peeing against walls. You know, that's the simple meaning. The other meaning of masculine is trickier because it means different things to different people based on where you come from. You know, it, it means different things because this kind of being masculine is actually about traditions and culture. It wasn't so long ago that people in America believed that pink was the color for baby boys and blue was the color for baby girls. When I was a teenager, very few boys would wear pink because they would get teased for it. But now pink is normal for everyone to wear. The tradition changed. And tradition is just the word we use to describe the way things are normally done, even when we don't know why or we don't really understand. And you will find very different opinions on what it means to be masculine in different cultures all over the world. And the word feminine is the same. It can mean that you are a woman and not a man, or a girl and not a boy, or it can mean something more traditional. I'm going to recite to you a little poem that I grew up with to explain it. What are little boys made of? 
What are little boys made of? Snips and snails and puppy dogs' tails. That's what little boys are made of. What are little girls made of? What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what little girls are made of. Now, I heard that a lot growing up. It was written about 200 years ago when things were very much more about tradition and they believed that men were better than women and that white men were better than everybody. And women did need protection from other men because women weren't respected. In many ways, women were treated as not much better than children. But what about this idea that you can say that boys are made of snails and dog parts and that girls are made from sugar and spice? Poems like that told children how they were expected to act and behave. That poem was telling girls that they needed to be neat and tidy and quiet, but that boys were expected to be loud and gross and active. And everyone tried to make sure that children did act that way, according to those expectations. Girls were expected to be one way, and boys were expected to be another. And when they weren't naturally acting that way, people made them act that way. But what if you see a girl who is made of snips and snails and puppy dog tails and loves tramping through the woods, playing in the mud, or splitting fishing worms with her fingernails? Is she feminine? Absolutely. Is she still a girl? Of course. There is nothing wrong with liking any of that. If God made her like that, then it must be important for some reason. We don't have to know why, but she is still 100% as much as a girl as the lady who won the Miss America pageant. And what about boys that are more sugar and spice and everything nice? Is there something wrong with them? Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with being kind and shy and quiet and artistic or maybe wanting to read more than being on your bike. Boys like that are still 100% boys and no one can say otherwise because if that's the way God made someone, then telling them to be something else is telling God that he got it wrong and did a bad job. You can be a boy and care about hair and fashion. You can be a girl and play rugby. You just can't be this girl, okay? Not me. Or you can be a more traditional boy and lift weights and go hunting and do karate and be a lumberjack. Or you can be a girl who wants to be more traditional and wear dresses and makeup and be a stay-at-home mom or a school teacher. Tradition is just a word that means the way things were normally done in the past. Tradition doesn't mean right or wrong for everyone. You know, before Julia Child and and uh, Marie Curie, the well-known cooks and scientists of this world were pretty much all men. And they became the best of the best. And there was also a time when a woman wasn't allowed to teach the Bible or even go to Bible college, but here I am teaching the Bible. And even a lot of men listen to me and read my books. And what about men? Well, there was a time when men weren't allowed to deliver babies. And men were almost never nurses until a few decades ago, and now they're everywhere. One of the wonderful things that is happening now is that people are looking at traditions and realizing that they aren't always a good guide for what God wants us to do, you know, in our lives. A man that God made to be a nurse would be a terrible waste working in a factory, and a woman who knows her way around machinery would be better in a factory than in a hospital. God makes men and women who should be nurses and women and men who should be working in factories. What God does isn't about tradition. It's about who he wants us to be. Did you know that not everybody in the Bible follows the traditional rules for how men and women are supposed to behave? 
And I put all as supposed to behave and traditional in quotes, okay? When you follow God, you'll often find yourself doing things that no one thinks you can or should do. When Samuel came to have dinner with the family of Jesse and he asked for all the sons of the family so he could anoint one, the new king of Israel, they didn't even bother inviting David, the youngest. While they were feasting and having a great time, they left him out with the sheep. Because he was the youngest, they thought he was the least important, but he was still God's choice. He wasn't going to be ready to be a king for many years, of course. He didn't have the first idea how to be a warrior or a king. What he was really good at was music and watching sheep. So he became a musician at the palace. And then God began to mold him into what he would need to be in order to be a good king. And he usually was a good king, but no one's perfect. He never stopped being a musician and writing and singing songs, though. How about Deborah? Deborah was one of the most famous judges Israel ever had. While most women were at home caring for their husbands and children, Deborah was listening to people who had legal problems, and she would tell them what to do because she was also a prophet. Because she was a prophet and a judge, she was able to order Barak, the leader of the army, to go and attack the Canaanites, and she was so respected that he refused to go fight unless she came with him. And God gave them an amazing victory because a woman named Yael killed their leader Sisera. One more, and maybe this is the most important one of all. Have you ever heard anyone say, real men don't cry? Did you know that the shortest verse in the Bible is, Jesus wept? That's right. That's right. John 11.35, and you want to know who else cried? Jacob, Joseph, David. David actually cried a lot. Peter, and even a whole army once. You know, it, they cried for the same reason we all cry, because we're sad. Crying is normal and natural for boys and girls both. If you follow God and trust God and respect him, and if the people in your life do the same, then you will all allow God to decide what he needs you to be doing. Maybe in your job or, you know, maybe at home. Maybe it's in your neighborhood um, or as a volunteer. You just never know exactly why God created you with all your specific gifts and talents, even if you think you don't have any right now. That's just how people are, right? They think that everyone else is better and more impressive stuff that they can do. But what good is it to be a singer or a famous actress or an Olympic athlete if the only reason you're doing it is because other people wanted that for you and made you do it? Or if you feel like God wants you to be those things, but other people are telling you no just because it isn't what people like you normally do. You know, I'll never be a dancer. And I can't read music. And I'm terrible with learning foreign languages. And I'm bad with art. And I can't bake a scratch cake that turns out well no matter how hard I try. And even when I can make things that are way more complicated. And I know myself so I can say, sure, I would like to think of myself in those kind of jobs, but there are just some talents that I don't have. And that's okay. Just because you or I can't do everything doesn't mean the stuff that we can do is less important or cool. Being successful as a human being is all about saying yes to who God made you to be and not worrying about who you aren't. It isn't about money, because if you aren't happy, then you will never have enough. It isn't about being married and having a family, either. It isn't about where you live or who you know. 
It isn't about people clapping and asking for your autograph when they see you because that'd get old and really annoying pretty quick. And it isn't about everyone knowing who you are because people forget who you are just as easily. But if you are who God made you to be and who he wants you to be, doing what he made you for and ignoring all those people who say, girls can't do that or a real guy would rather die than do that, well, you know, it's the very best thing in the world to be doing what God wants you to. And only two people can make those decisions and know what is right for you to do and be, and that is mostly God, but it's also you because he can't make you into that person unless you cooperate. And sometimes it's hard to know how to cooperate, but that's okay too. When it's important, you will definitely know. I love you. I'm praying for you. And I hope you have a wonderful week studying the Bible with the people who love you. And I do so much more than just pray for you. I thank God for you because there is only one you and you are so very important to all of God's plans.